Hi everybody and welcome to Pro Hire Sustainable Fleet Podcast. I'm Michelle Miles and I head up the Alternative Fuels Division here, um, Pro Green. Today I'm joined by Robin Hulse, who is the Group Sales Director for Guest Truck and Van. Welcome. Morning. Pleasure um, to be here. No, and I, I really appreciate it because I'm not going to lie, I, I may as well tell everybody, I've kind of, we've dropped this one on you at the last minute. Um, take advantage of the fact that you've come to see us um, to meet with a customer, which we'll touch on in a bit more detail. So appreciate the fact that this was lastminute.com. No problem. A bit like shock and awe, I think. Do you know what? I think sometimes <laughs> the best things with these kind of stuff is don't plan it because the more you plan it, the more time you've got to stew on it. So we didn't give you the time to stew on it. So, um, so yeah. So, but, you know, these, these conversations are very much based around um, informal conversations conversations about what businesses are doing whether they be manufacturers or um, businesses that are actually operating the vehicles and it's to open up conversations and just to share some knowledge and experience and I think the important thing is you know you guys are making some great steps at the moment and I think now is the prime opportunity to to have a chat with you about that in a bit more detail um, and then obviously further down the line no doubt we'll do a follow-up podcast as well but I think today it's it's kind of all about you introducing us to um, what um, you guys are doing from a, specifically from an electrification point of view um, we met a couple of weeks ago um, okay. and now we're doing the follow-up meeting with our client to develop something that doesn't exist at the moment which is really exciting so I think let's, let's concentrate on the, the van specifically side of things at the moment. So from an electrification, we've heard a lot of noise from you guys. But do you want to just kind of tell us a little bit more about it for those that may have missed it? Um, well, the, the noise that you've heard so far is relatively um, low key. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to go uh, big bang, so to speak, yeah, in the, the very <laughs> near future with um, the UK launch of the... Iveco e-daily. Um, the launch itself will take place at the commercial show. Oh, fantastic. Um, in April. And then following on from that, there'll be an invitational um, ride and drive that I know you guys are aware of. Yeah, can't um, wait. Held by Iveco down at Millbrook, okay. um, the testing ground. Um, and that will be in July of okay. this year, run over a two-week period. So, you know, We've been waiting for the product for a, a little while, and I know Pat here is extremely upbeat and excited about... Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably the, an understatement. For those that know Pat, that's probably an understatement. <laughs> I've never seen him so excited. <laughs> and um, even I myself am excited. Do you know what? I think everybody is. Yeah, no, very much so. And it, it's going to be a groundbreaker for us. Yeah. Um on the um, electrification um, journey. One key part is it's OEM from Iveco. Okay. So it is straight out the plant. Um, we've got a diverse product range starting at three and a half ton in van format with a one battery um, operation going up to two at three and a half ton, then going into 4.2 ton, which will also have the driver derogation okay. to allow a three and a half ton. Um, drivers to operate and then we go into 7.2 um, turn daily and we've got some really unique points with the vehicle okay. particularly um, train weight one of the problems with electric vehicles um, per se has been the ability of the vehicle to tow um, yes. a mass of um, any consequence with e-daily um, we'll be able to offer three and a half ton towing 
ability. Fantastic. Really throughout the majority of um, the range, there are a few exceptions, but the key point is in the main uh, product areas, it will have the ability to do 3.5 ton um, towing. Also, the, uh, the availability or the ability to have EPTOs to power directly fridges, um, tail lifts, etc. Okay. And, again, and that's going to be range, standard then, is it? That will be an option, okay. but again, it's a factory option. Okay, so it's coming directly fitted. Straight right out of the box. Straight out of the box, okay. Yes, which will um, have the manufacturer's warranty. Okay, well, that's great news. And talking of which, um, the battery warranty will be over eight years, which is split over mileage dependent on the, the battery configuration. Okay. Um, but it's a substantial one. It's also class leading with an 80% degradation level as compared to what the market is really sitting at 70%. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's a lot of excitement um, throughout the market, um, as I mentioned about Pat and ourselves, um, and it's key to get the placement of the product right. That's so critical. That's so important. I mean, the conversations that we have with so many businesses out there at the moment, they're looking for support and guidance of what's available in the market now, what's coming in the future. But there's so many questions. And then you do have obviously get some companies out there that just they want to be able to put a token gesture in and put the vehicle in what we're looking to achieve. And that's the exciting thing with the product that you guys um, are working on. And that's obviously coming and being publicly launched in um, at the CV show is the fact that these vehicles are actually going to to be able to demonstrate and actually work in operation right up there alongside the diesel vehicles. Yeah, very much so. And at Guest in Sherwood, we've been on, it's called the alternate fuel or alternate power, and I think that's wrong now. Um, diesel soon will have to be called the alternate yeah. power, power oh, gotcha. source. And we've been on the journey, crikey, six, seven years, Mm -hmm. starting with um, LNG, CNG, in tractors, which I've echoed with one of the first and still are. Which we're really excited because we have the CNGs running um, running on our fleet with Ocado. Um, and Ocado are very, very, you know, strong advocates of the CNG product and Iveco product um, in general as well. Yeah, they're over much. the moon and they're always looking at ways to look at their infrastructure to continue growing that that fleet as well. And, and you touch on a key point, infrastructure. Mm-hmm. You know, the journey that we've got to take customers on collectively is a full understanding yeah. that it's not just buying a product. It's not just jump into this vehicle, off you go. Mm-hmm. And it's, you can't really just look at it as a token tick box no, exercise. Not at all. Those businesses that have, basically the concept has failed yeah. because it's gone into a location where there Absolutely. is no infrastructure, there is no ability, be it to recharge or refuel. Mm-hmm. And vehicles just get parked up. Yeah, and that's a really expensive asset to have parked up at the end of the day. And that's why we work so closely with the customers. And I think that's why we're really excited about the work that we're going to be doing with you guys. And um, on the back of the meeting that we've got with uh, with the client today is you guys are very much of the same ethos as we are. You know, that conversation around the vehicle is so, so important. But before you start talking specs, you need to understand the art of the possible when it comes to infrastructure and location. Um, understanding what the customer needs the vehicles to be doing, but actually making sure that you can find the best solution for that. And you guys are offering that range. Yeah, no, very much so. And it's you know it's very much putting a consultant's hat on massively and getting a thorough understanding of that yeah. operation. Yeah, because if you don't, you've heard some of the horror stories. Mm-hmm. 
that 120 vehicles are parked, electric vehicles are parked because there's no infrastructure. Yeah, and that conversation wasn't had. I mean, we've you know we 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 hear the stories all the time, and you know what we try to do, and a lot of people always ask what the catch is when we start talking to companies about their sustainable journey and their road to zero and everything because they all want to know what the what the catch is when we start offering them the guidance um because i think it's going to come at a cost but it's very much this is a huge piece around educating Indeed. sharing knowledge um and i think that's so important you know whether it be our competitors or your competitors or our customers competitors we've we're in a position where we're under great pressure and I think we've got to remember the bigger picture of this, of why are we doing that? You know, we've got a planet that needs a little, that needs a helping hand here. And there's only us that can do that. Um, and we have to play a part in that. And if that means that we have to spend a lot of time educating and guiding so that our companies are, you know, our customers can make those right decisions. We've all got to pull together on this. You know, there's no kind of us and them. It's got to be very much a collaborative approach, be it us with you, um, us with our customers. You've got to work together on these things. No one company can do anything alone anymore. No, and it's partnership. Yes, it, it's partnerships Massive. Absolutely agree. throughout the whole supply chain. Mm-hmm. Be there the electrical supplier, be it yeah. the um, point supplier, be it just getting a complete 360. Yeah. And it's also educating the customer that the life cycle of the product has got to be extended. Yeah. Yes, there is a higher initial capital cost, but there is the understanding of what is the operational, true operational yeah. cost. Not only in pounds, shilling, and pence, but as you rightly say about the environment about mm-hmm. the world that we live in and obviously our children and our children's are, are children into and yeah. we all have a responsibility yeah and we've just got to take those blinkers away and i think we can get carried away with that sometimes you know our industry everybody knows and we talk about and we touch about it every time we do a podcast the challenges that we face from every possible angle at the moment whether it be supply or maintain or uptime or absolutely everything that then to add in this sustainability piece is it can be a bit overwhelming for businesses, but at the end of the day, we have no choice. There is a reason why we're doing this and we need to kind of break down the, well, what's it going to cost me and what am I going to, what work's going to be involved in this? There's a reason for this and that's the fact that we're killing the planet and don't get me wrong, I'm not a tree hugger or anything like that, but I like to think that I'm playing my part and we have a bit of a joke in the office of, you know, saving the planet one vehicle at a time, but at the end of the day, it has an impact and we've got to keep driving that and our customers and that's what's so refreshing. Our customers are on that journey and they want and they're doing it for the right reason. We've just got to make sure that 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 story and that journey is spread further um, with the right focus, yeah, and it's it's about being transparent with these with our customers. Yes, of once understanding their operation. Yeah, can the vehicle actually fit in? Can in a lot of um, occasions, customers may have to choose um, change yes. their operations. Yes, yeah. but for the benefit. But I think it's also then like you've touched on just now, it's understanding the the business operation, you know, 
if you've got a fleet of 500 vehicles and they do home deliveries, for example, you know, you might not necessarily be able to do all of those overnight, but there's going to be a portion that can be. So it's understanding the customer's fleet and the customer understanding their fleet profile of, we're not saying change everything overnight, but get on that journey. We have customers who have home delivery vehicles, but they also have vehicles for engineers or their IT guys or their sales teams. You know, there's an element where change can be made in one part of the business while the other stuff waits to catch up. But the great thing with you guys is what you're launching and going to be going public, massively public within, you know, the next couple of months is that range of the 7.2, the four ton, the three and a half ton. You're giving people the opportunity to have more options across their fleet, not in one specific area. Indeed, and it, with having the EPTOs as, as well, it opens up mm-hmm. the operations. It's yeah. not just a box or it's not just a van. Yeah. And, the, you know, there is a mindset in a lot of areas it's just a van. Yeah. Van far be it. It's, it's going to be the conversion market, mm-hmm. be that fridges, be that box with tail lift, yeah. be that utility vehicles, be that construction vehicles, mm-hmm. um, be that recovery vehicles. Yeah. There is a massive market out there. Yeah. And it's just for everyone to understand what the limitations are, yeah. how it can fit in to the operations. What can we do to overcome it? Yeah, and through this consultancy and professional mm-hmm. um, partnership and, and supply chain yeah. management, we just can't mis-sell mm-hmm. no. because that will have such a negative effect. And that will run through the business. And you hear those stories about the, the poor experiences that in the in the past, um, in the early years of, you know, driver's poor experience and that kind of negativity spreads really quickly. Um, somebody's poor experience with a certain piece of technology and a business trying to overcome that and moving forward, you know, as I don't know if it's a British thing or what, or just a person thing that we're very quick at being able to find the negative in something. But you're absolutely right in what you're saying, though. You know, we used to ask the question of, will your business model change? Actually, your business model will change. But then we're having to adapt so frequently over the last couple of years that that's become the new norm of adapting. And I think we're actually becoming quite good at it now. So this, to me, is something that we just have to adapt to. But we need to maybe look to push that a little bit harder and a bit faster with some of the businesses just so that nobody gets left behind. But again, touching on what you uh, as a business are offering, you know, what I'd be interested to know now from your point of view is obviously you're going with the big UK launch at the CV show. You've got your driver um, experiences in Millbrook a couple of months after that. But can you give us an idea as far as demos, vehicle availability, when they're going to be physical. You can just give a, a bit of an insight into that as where you are at, as it stands. I know things are changing on a daily basis. As of today, <laughs> as of today, it's the beginning of March. Where do we stand? So somebody listens to this in a couple of months' time and they go, well, that didn't happen. Um, as things stand at the moment, where right, are we? So as of this moment in time. Touching on that, really yeah, emphasising that. Yeah, yeah really emphasising that one over the past uh, two or three years. <laughs> <laughs> Supply chain issues. Um, where we are is... Um, we as a, a dealer group will be receiving our first um, demonstration units um, at the end of this quarter, early uh, quarter two um, of this year, mm-hmm. um, to which we'll get on the road as, as soon as possible. One yep. will be a van, one will be a, a chassis cab, which will be subsequently bodied. 
um, the UK has got limited availability or allocation from the plant um, for 2023. Okay. So by the end of the year, I estimate, and this is my personal estimation, there'll be circa 150 units coming through, 200 possibly, okay. sort of quarter four. Okay. Um, into the country. What kind of expectation is there with the split with regards to being it from the, the three and a half through to the 7.2? Um, you'd have to ask a manufacturer. No, absolutely. My, my, be... my best guess would probably be 60, 40. Okay. In, in that 60% weighted to the 7.2 ton. Okay. Uh, and that's where I personally see the, the big opportunity. Yeah. For the product. For what's available in the market at the moment. That yeah, is going to tick a lot of boxes, isn't it? With the payload that we can offer, body payload that we can offer, that the range that we can offer. Yeah. Yeah. 7.2 ton. Okay. And, you know, as we've had discussions and we'll continue to do so specifically at, at that weight range. Mm-hmm. And then we see a major ramp up really in availability in the UK market yeah. in next year and then years following. Okay. Um, okay. So that. So the need is there. The customers have got yeah, that need. You've got the solution. And over the next couple of years, there's certainly going to be the, the availability there. Moving then, so vehicle goes live, vehicle goes on the road. So where do we stand with regards to um, support once the vehicles are on the road then from a, from a network point of view? Well, the network, um, the Iveco network in conjunction with Iveco is already going through training. Good. Um, free vehicles. Um that's throwing me that little track. Yeah, <laughs> Don't worry, we'll call you in on that next time. And, and, and as you can appreciate, there are a certain deal standards which are already laid down by yeah. um, the manufacturer Iveco um, that have got to be um, met not only from display of vehicles but parts availability, mm-hmm. um, parts training, service training, etc. Yeah. So you know, it's a journey that we started last year. Okay. So we're, we're well so you're into prepared. That. Yeah, very much so. And the product will automatically have connectivity yeah. as well. So that will be a dial-in straight to uh, the manufacturer as well. Perfect. And undoubtedly, you've got your own uh, well, yeah, I mean, systems. As, yeah, no, absolutely. As standard, the, the Pro Green division, um, for every alternative fuel that we fit, um, we always fit it with a geotab, and that allows us that access to monitor the vehicles, uh, manage the vehicle uptime as well, and proactively pick up on anything that might be slightly away from the from the norm as well so all of a sudden you become instead of becoming reactive to things you become very much proactive which again maximizes your uptime so that's what we're that's that's our biggest aim is to reassure businesses when they're going into that transition and moving into alternative fuels we've got the right infrastructure not just from a a physical vehicle point of view but when that vehicle goes on the road to be able to support it to manage that uptime um and I'm, I'm assuming that that's something that you guys are going to have within your vehicles as well from a, a telematic source. Yeah, very much so. And also, you just we touch on sort of after sales and service. It's also a challenge for uh, distributors, um, mm-hmm. workshops, etc. Because the simple fact with electric vehicles is there's less moving parts. Less things to go wrong in theory. Indeed. In I theory. Mean, in fairness, I've driven an electric car myself now for three years. Mm-hmm. It's been into a dealership once. I've done 40,000, uh, just over 40,000 in my car now in the last um, just under two years. And the only thing I've had to have done is um, two new tyres, one of which was a puncher. That's it. 
yeah. on a new windscreen but that again not my fault <laughs> not my fault yeah. but nothing to do with the vehicle and it's a conversation that we had um, the other day with Pat actually and a, a couple of our customers driving electric vehicles what are they noticing that that, that vehicle doesn't need to be I suppose touched and seen as frequently because a lot of updates can be done remotely Indeed. and you, you get into the vehicle and it asks you to do the update before you move away does the update mm-hmm. um, but you're absolutely right less parts to go wrong on the vehicle but I suppose it's making sure that the technicians and the engineers out there have got the the knowledge and the experience but a lot of the time dare I say the confidence to be able to take these on and not be afraid of them because sometimes we have ex- we've we've seen and this isn't with um, obviously your product, but it's it's kind of you know with all the manufacturers coming together, it's making sure that there is that right knowledge and experience and the right level as well. You know, having one engineer at a site that can then go on an annual leave and then leaves you with nobody qualified to work with alternative fuels. It's making sure that you've got the confidence and the level of support that's needed to cover every eventuality. Indeed, I completely agree. And, you know, it's something that we're extremely mindful, but we've we've learned on this journey, as yeah. I said, we've been on this journey for five, six, even seven years. Mm. And the ability to supply that backup is So you're well established. Crucial. Oh, yeah. yeah, very much so. Okay. Very much so. So I'm so really looking forward to the official launch in the UK. So big launch. So... CV show yeah. um, in Birmingham, and you're going to have to remind me of the date now because the dates start to roll in. So the uh, CV show is in um, a couple of months' time. Um, UK launch for the vehicles will be happening there, and from there there'll be the opportunity to have the invitations to go and test drive these vehicles uh, a couple of months later in Millbrook. But obviously everybody will start to see that appearing on social media and on their inboxes and everything. So certainly encourage everybody to get registered for that CV show because I think this is going to be a definite game changer in the industry. Um, So Robin, really appreciate you um, dropping in um, lastminute.com again. <laughs> Definitely dropped it. Do, do you know? I, you know. In fact, funny enough, on the on the subject of Iveco and everything like that, I did exactly the same thing with Graham Thomas at Acardo um, at a show in May, where he basically walked past and I grabbed hold of him, <laughs> grabbed hold of a microphone, and actually, do you know what? That was actually really quite enjoyable, and I think he might have even enjoyed it in the end as well. So, genuinely appreciate your time. Thank well, you so much, um, and um, hopefully, guys, um, you've got a really good insight into that. Really appreciate you taking the time to listen. Um, podcasts come out every couple of weeks um, so you'll, this one will be coming out very shortly and it will also follow suit where we will be talking with a customer of ours who is also looking at um, this as a product that will be generating um, potentially a vehicle that is never seen before um, so uh, so watch this space but again thanks very much for joining us guys and we will speak to you very soon take care cheers